It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, we talked about it. It's all about all three phases, offense, defense, special teams. If it feels good to get back on track, give me a woo! What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Victory Monday! That's right, I've been waiting to yell that for three weeks, and it feels so good to be back to a Victory Monday, not dealing with those regular old Mondays, but we are talking about a win today. The Los Angeles Rams go down to Atlanta, take on a 1-5 Falcons team, and make them look like a 1-5 Falcons team. These are the games that you have to win, and we're going to break it all down today here on Lockdown Rams, your team, every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're going to break down the whole game today. We're going to talk about the offense. We're going to talk about the defense. We're going to talk about the special teams, and that's because each one of those units had an important role in this victory. We always talk about playing a complete football game, all three phases. The Rams did that on Sunday So here we are on Victory Monday, breaking it all down. We're going to also take questions from you guys or comments, concerns. I reached out to my Facebook group, and uh, we're going to listen to some of their thoughts later in the show. We're also going to do game balls, play action balls. You guys know the drill, but we've got a lot to get to. So with that, let's kick right into it. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams, and this is your lead story. The Rams turned the page on a three-game losing streak by heading down to Atlanta and picking up a win 37-10. to In fact, at one point, the Rams were down 3 to nothing and then went on a 30 to nothing run to break this thing out. Atlanta added a late touchdown with a backup quarterback late in the game. Matt Ryan exited the ball game in the third quarter after an Aaron Donald strip sack fumble fumble recovery. We did not see him return after that. Matt Ryan, by the way, we didn't talk a lot about this coming into it, but he was on a six-game streak of his own of 300 passing yards or more. Broke that today, 159 yards thrown by Matt Ryan. The big talk coming into this was the matchup of Jalen Ramsey. How much will he play? What's he going to look like next to Julio Jones? Julio Jones had six catches, 93 yards. Jalen Ramsey played a bunch in this game. We thought maybe he'd be on a pitch count or some sort of snap count in this one. Uh, But the Rams kind of let him go. Uh, We saw late in the fourth quarter, probably when they had this thing in hand, we thought maybe they'd sit him, they'd sit Todd Gurley a little bit. No, if you're in the game, you're in the game. They kept playing those guys. So I'm curious to see once the snap count comes out to see what they actually played. But Jalen Ramsey was on Julio Jones for most of the game. There were a couple times where he was on a couple different receivers like Calvin Ridley and whatnot. But 
big step up by this secondary. You're talking about guys that have played little to none coming into this. Troy Hill played really great. Dante Fowler was playing out of his mind. He ended up with three sacks, three tackles for loss, and three quarterback hits. And really should have had another sack early in this game, but Matt Ryan slipped out. I was actually shocked that he couldn't get him to the ground. But hey, ended up with three, probably could have had four. We saw a lot of guys step up. Troy Reeder continuing to play better in that linebacker position. Corey Littleton, we already know what he can do. He always adds with those tackles for loss. He had two of them. Another interception. Man, that guy's hands are really, really good. It was off a deflection. He grabbed the ball, turned it upfield. That's what I love about Corey Littleton. He is always looking not only to get an interception, but how can I take this to the house or make it productive the other way? Recapping the big picture of this thing. We saw our team really struggle on third and fourth down coming into this game. They went 0-13 last week. This week, they went 9 of 17 on third and fourth down. Their conversion rate was amazing. And really, if you go back to that first drive, the Rams started out the possession. They ran the ball three straight times. They picked up a first down on a third down. They ended up going three for three on third downs until they finally missed one. So on the drive, three of four on that drive, we end up trying to kick a field goal that ends up doinking off of the upright. Yes, we had a doink. But that's what you got to love about Greg Zerline. He came back, ended up three for four. He went four for four on extra points. He ends up converting 13 points, shakes off the early miss. He ends up hitting a 55-yarder. In fact, it got me to thinking, can we just like, even if it's a 30 or a 45-yard field goal, can we just back it up and let him kick it from 55? Because... He seems to be unstoppable from 50-plus, but he finished strong. And while we're talking about the special teams, Johnny Hecker, one punt inside the 20. He had one kind of ugly punt, but that's okay. He also converted an awesome fake punt. Johnny Hecker is now 12 of 20 for 179 yards in his career while throwing the ball. That was the fourth down that we converted. A beautiful fake punt. They came up. We've seen this happen many of times where Johnny Hecker basically rushes the line. It almost looks like he's going to fake the fake punt, and then maybe they're going to try to draw him off sides, call a timeout. This time was not the case. He comes running up. You're thinking, okay, here we go. What's going to happen? And then they snap the ball. Nick Scott kind of leaks out of the backfield. Johnny Hecker hits him in stride. Beautiful, easy pickup for the first down. Nick Scott played a little bit of running back in his days. So he kind of flashed back to that. He looked great, has a beautiful stiff arm. Uh, that actually I shared on Twitter where he's stiff arming the defender. Looked great carrying the ball. First down, the Rams go on on that drive to get points. It was a big point in the game. It was a fun part of the game. And it really started to show you this personality, this Rams team, that they're doing it from all three phases. They trust their players. They're going to put their guys in positions to succeed. And they're going to go for it occasionally, which I love. And then last but not least, let's round this out talking about the offense. I thought our offensive line played a lot better. David Edwards did a great job in pass protection. Yes, I think we need to get a little bit more of a push in our run blocking and be a little bit more aggressive in the run blocking. But what I did like from this, we saw the Rams rush the ball 36 times, ladies and gentlemen. 36 times. Can we get a round of applause? Thank you very much for running the football. Even if it wasn't extremely productive, 36 rushes for 90 yards. 2.5 yards per carry on that. But hey, 18 carries for Todd Gurley, 11 carries for Daryl Henderson. We saw some good runs at times, and it really helped set up our play action. Early in this ballgame, Jared Goff looked comfortable back there. He had time, and that's because we were using the play action. We were rolling him out. In fact, one of the times he rolled out, he said, you know what, screw this, I'm going to take it myself. But this is when the offense is clicking. Even if we're not getting crazy rush numbers, we have to commit to the run. 
Jared Goff ends up going 22 of 37, 268 yards, two touchdowns. The ball was spread out across a bunch of people. Robert Woods, five catches. Brandon Cooks, four. Gerald Everett, four. Cooper Cup, six. Going back to Gerald Everett, four catches, 50 yards. He did have that touchdown. Jared Goff missed him on a couple occasions. There was some talk on Twitter saying, is it Everett's fault? Is it Jared's fault? They just didn't hook up. I think Gerald Everett is continuing to show that he is going to be a part of this offense moving forward. Jared Goff likes to go to him. He creates a lot of mismatches on the field. So I like that he continued to go to him, especially after missing up a couple times. He said, hey, I don't care who it is. That is my read. That's the open guy. I've got to go to him. And Everett rewarded him by catching that touchdown pass late in this game. But as you can tell, I am one happy bear as I see my Rams move to four and three. We've got a very poor Cincinnati Bengals team in front of us next week. We are going to London. We've got to stay focused. And I want to see a result similar to this because not only do you have to win these games, you have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat the way you're supposed to beat them. And what I mean by that is you should beat the Atlanta Falcons 37 to 10 Whether it's home, away, it really doesn't matter because when your roster stacks up a roster that is less than you, you need to take advantage of that. Hopefully the Rams will do that next week as we got the Bengals. But we're going to break down this game a little bit more, go a little bit further in depth on the offense. We're going to pick apart the defense a little bit more. We're going to do game balls, play action balls. We're going to hear from the listeners. But before we do, Peloton is offering a limited time offer. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout from home. Go to OnePeloton.com, use promo code LOCKED to get started. And speaking of getting started, the Rams got started early in this game, and I really think it was due to one thing. I've been talking about this for a while. Sean McVay, give the Rams team blue chew before the game, not during halftime. And from the looks of it, the Rams went into half 13-3. They had their blue chew finally starting to kick in when they came out of half. They scored 14 points in the third, so you could tell that blue chew was kicking in. If you guys don't know by now, blue chew is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day, night, full stomach, bunch of Gatorade, whatever. They are chewable, so they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants a little extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. They are made here in the U.S., and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, so they are cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we got a special deal for the listeners. Go visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment for free when using the promo code LOCKEDON. You just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue Chew. B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it for free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, and the faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. People see me, but they just don't know. People see me, but they just don't know. People see me, but they just don't know. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. Rams Nation Victory Monday. I'm your host, Bear Motter. We are breaking down this victory 37 to 10 down in Atlanta. As I mentioned earlier, all three phases coming up big in this game, contributing in multiple ways, even though I still have to continue to go back to this defense because we talked about this, right? No Marcus Peters, no Talib, no Clay Matthews, no John Johnson. Add a brand new guy and Jalen Ramsey. And then guys like Troy Hill, Darius Williams, who scored a touchdown, by the way, which was pretty awesome on that late special teams play uh, where Atlanta was trying to bring it back. They ended up fumbling into the end zone. Darius Williams gets a touchdown there. And then again, a young guy like Taylor Rapp. All those guys haven't played a lot this season. Minus maybe Taylor Rapp's gotten a good amount of snaps. Troy Hill has gotten some as of late. But we didn't know what to expect from this group, a group that really hasn't played much together. Jalen Ramsey was asked after the game, what do you think of his first performance? Here's what he had to say about this first start as a Ram. Uh, I, I mean, we got, a, we got a big win, so that was important. Uh, that's a plus. Uh, I feel like I played uh, okay. I got to get in my groove a little bit more. Uh, it's just uh, like maybe, maybe one, maybe two plays that I wanted to have back or play a little bit different. But uh, I thought it was good. I want to get into a groove with knowing... Uh, my safety's a little bit better. Knowing the guys I'm out there with a little bit better. I, uh, this game, I really trusted in them a lot. That's the way I play certain techniques. Um, but I want to kind of get into a groove a little bit more of, of how I do things with, with this secondary. Jalen went on to talk about how the defense was kind of dumbed down a little bit for him, and he's excited to kind of open up the playbook, continue to learn and trust his teammates and kind of move on. Uh, there was another question, which I, I love Jalen. He's going to bring us so many awesome sound bites, so I have to get this one in there. Someone asked, if guarding Julio Jones is a lot like guarding DeAndre Hopkins, and, and is it similar and how that kind of goes? Here was his response to that. I'm just gonna say they they not similar. They, nah, they not similar. If I was really in my groove, like on my shit, would have really been scary out there. Put it that way. Well, I don't really know how to break that down, but I can't wait to see him when he's on his shit because uh, it sounds like he's going to just become even more of a scary defender. There's lots to talk about when we talk about this defense, but we've got to talk about Dante Fowler and the crazy stuff that he did. After the game, Dante Fowler and Aaron Donald were interviewed together. Actually, they were trying to grab Aaron Donald, and he said, you got to talk to this man. So here's a little clip from that as well. Aaron Donald talking about what Jalen Ramsey means to this team and what they can be moving forward. And then Dante Fowler on his performance, and again, how good this defense could be moving forward and how important it was for them to step up in this game and make a point on that defense. All right. I was going to talk to Aaron Donald solo, but he made sure Dante Fowler came over as well. Aaron, let me start with you, though. To have a guy like that contribute, we know what offenses are going to try to do to you, but with this guy, what can this defensive line be? Um, a lot. He showed, he showed it today. You know, came with three sacks. Should have had four. He missed one. But, you know, they show attention to one guy, another guy going to ball out, and that's, that's what you got with this D-line, man. You got a lot of guys that can rush the pass and get out there, and he dominated today. So. Jalen Ramsey, he can't say it enough. You're the best player in the NFL. He's not too bad either. So what long-term can he do for you? A lot. You know, it gave us a lot of opportunities as far as getting after the quarterback. You know, a lot of man coverage. We was doing a lot of different things. You know, gave us opportunities to get after the quarterback, get him down to the ground, and um, add him to the mix. It was, a, it was a big, big plus for us. So 
Congratulations to you. Thank you. Let me get over here to Dante, and it's a pleasure to talk to you. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Now, tell me, um, what was that like for you today? We know Aaron's message. You know, I'm going to get these double triples, but yeah. win those one-on-ones. We had to, you know. Um, it's kind of been a, a rough week. We lost uh, two two great players that we love to death and uh, that we counted on, and, uh, and Marcus and Akee, but. You know, we just had to keep pushing and keep fighting, and I knew that it was going to be on us today. And uh, I just wanted to make sure Jalen was as comfortable as he could be. And I knew that I was going to have a great game because of how good Jalen is. So uh, I'm just happy to have him on my team and, uh, you know, being able to get to uh, get the quarterback. Well, there you have it. It was Aaron Donald and Dante Fowler talking after the game, and both of them talking about how awesome the addition of Jalen Ramsey makes their job easier when they've got some lockdown coverage behind. And again, we got to give some credit to the other guys. Troy Hill played really great. Eric Weddle coming up, laying the hat a few times. Taylor Rapp in coverage. These guys as a unit. And then our linebackers, Corey Littleton, again, continues to impress in that role. And really, someone's got to check on Ito Smith. Uh, my man Corey Littleton laid him out, literally knocked him unconscious. Uh, he was trying to pick up a blitzing block, and Corey Littleton wasn't having it, and that just shows you the type of toughness this guy has. But seriously, someone check on Ito Smith. That hit looked crazy. And then Troy Reader, his arrow is definitely trending up. He is playing a lot better. The more snaps he gets, the more comfortable he looks out there. Linebacking group looked great. We're going to have to see what the addition of Kenny Young means to that linebacker group, but uh, definitely helped facing a... 1-5 Atlanta team, and taking advantage by getting back on track in the right direction with a win. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this win. We're going to do game balls. We're going to hear some reaction from you guys from our Facebook group. I put up a little question there before I recorded. Got a couple people responded. So we're going to address those game balls, play action balls. We'll be right back. Lockdown Rams Victory Monday right after this. Before we get over the next segment, I want to talk to you guys about one of our awesome partners here, Metro Infinity. You can find them just off the 210 in Monrovia. You got to go check it out. They are the only dealer in California that's family-owned and has been in business for over 25 years. They're the number one volume dealer in California. From start to finish, this is a different car buying experience than you've ever had in your life. If you don't want to go down to the dealership, if you don't want to deal with the back and forth and all that mess, they will come to you. They'll bring the car and the paperwork to your office, to your home, to the local grocery store. It doesn't matter where you want to meet. They will help you out. They will make this an experience that you want that is good for you at the end of the day. But if you do want to go down, you want to see the cars, you want to test drive them. They've got a new multi-million dollar facility that you got to check out. Amazing selection of new and used cars. So if you're thinking about a new Infinity or even in the market for a new or used car, give them a chance to earn your business. Believe me, you won't regret it. They have over 50 pre-owned Infinities. You can reach them at 626-599-7510 or MetroInfinity.com. Tell them Bears sent you from Lockdown Rams. You get a $500 discount right away. Metro Infinity, 821 East Central Avenue, Monrovia, California, just off the 210 in Monrovia. One stop in there to say hello to my friend Billy Adams, and you will never shop for a car anywhere else, I promise. Metro Infinity, a proud sponsor of Lockdown Rams. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked on Fantasy Football with your Locked on Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. 
The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. We are back, and man, oh man, did we miss Victory Mondays. They just feel better as that music's coming in through the break, getting us back to this Victory Monday. Our energy is high. We are excited. We are on the winning side of football. If we lose this game, we're 3-4, and four, but instead we are 4-3. and three. We're a winning football team. We're heading to London to face a very bad Bengals team, which we should win. I know I can't get ahead of myself. But I like the way the schedule breaks down. We've got a bye after that. We come out of the bye rested. We head to Pittsburgh. We come home. We've got a couple primetime games with the Bears and the Ravens. Before you know it, these Rams can really start picking up and hitting their stride. We start to get some people back healthy as we get later into the season. And we can be a playoff team ready for a tough battle going into this thing and see what we can do in the NFC. But now we're going to get to a couple of the comments we got from our Facebook group. Guys, if you're not following, go give us a follow on Facebook, Lockdown Rams. Join our Lockdown Rams group as well. Also, give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Lockdown Rams. LA underscore Rambling Bear is the Twitter. But we'll start here on Facebook. And Bill Overbaugh, longtime listener, good friend of the show. He says, Jalen Ramsey looked awesome today, especially with that hit that forced the fumble. Something we were lacking with Marcus Peters. I totally agree. It was the first thing that popped in my head when I saw him go in there, put his head down, make the big hit. And he was really being violent throughout the whole game. Something that we did not see from Marcus Peters when it came to tackling and really that aggressiveness. So I'm excited there. His comment continues. Everyone should be psyched about what he is going to bring. However, the question is the other corner. Calvin Ridley had 30 yards today. Does Troy Hill get a game ball? <laughs> Mr. Troy Hill. I tried to get James on, of course, per usual. He blew me off, but we'll see if we can get him back here one of these days. And I asked that same question, man. Is it Troy Hill game ball day? Can we get you on to talk about how awesome Troy Hill did? This secondary as a whole did amazing, really limiting what Matt Ryan and the Falcons could do. It started with the pressure. You know, you're talking about, we talked about Dante Fowler with those three sacks and even Aaron Donald said, hey, he should have had one more. But the pressure they were able to get on the quarterback during the game also was helped out by the coverage that they had behind them, the linebackers, the secondary. We saw in those three games, those losing streak, where we kind of sat in this soft zone and, and people kind of picked us apart. The bend but don't break Rams were still there. We saw some of those drives kind of gaining some momentum and they always shut it down with whether it was a big play or a sack. But this secondary with Jalen Ramsey is just going to look different. The attitude is going to be different. Eric Weddle, again, a leader in this group, getting these guys ready. I'm excited. I thought Troy Hill played a heck of a ball game. My question, to counter your question, Bill, is can he do it week over week? Our next comment comes from David Montgomery. He said that O-line is starting to come together. I totally agree. I think it was a very much a game that those guys needed. They had been struggling hardcore in the last three games, especially with that game against the 49ers where they all looked awful. Together as a unit, Jared Goff looked comfortable back there. He had time to pass. We could see some improvement in the run game, but... 
I'll take what I'm getting with this unit game by game. They just have to build on it again and get better next week. Eric Hedder chimed in and said, still need more push in the run game, but pass pro was just fine today. D was lights out. Love how aggressive they were when Jalen was on the field. Totally agree. Kind of what I was just coming off of there is that running game needs to improve. But what I do love is that Sean McVay stuck to it. 36 carries for the unit as far as rushing goes. 38 passes, that is a balanced attack, and it really helped Jared out a lot that this defense, if you go back and look at some of the film when you're looking at Jared Goff, they're moving the pocket, they're sliding the line left, he's rolling right, he's getting out where he can see the whole field. He's got this option going down the field, a short, a medium, a long. He's able to kind of pick this apart for some easy throws as well as the play action. You start running the ball really well. You're picking up first downs. Uh, you're moving the ball down on the ground, not in, tremendously, but enough to where they, they have to come up and play the run. Because if you don't, it's still Todd Gurley, right? Or it's Daryl Henderson with his explosiveness. So the play action really helped to give him a lot of space, a lot of room, and good protection. So the O-line definitely did a great job. Ryan Sloan says, it's always great to get a win on the road. Fowler was a beast today. I know the Falcons D isn't good as the Niners, but I thought Edwards filled in nicely. Maybe he can replace Noteboom. Blight still struggled. I'm not sure what's happened to him. He was solid last year, but good win. Let's go to five and three. Ryan, very accurate on a lot of the stuff you said. Edwards did fill in nicely. Again, kind of like the Troy Hill comment. I need to see Edwards continue to do this week over week. He will be a great replacement for Noteboom if he can play like that. Blythe's still struggling. I, I do agree. I got to go back. I sound like Sean McVay here. I got to go back and watch the film to see exactly how he did. Uh, I was just impressed with that unit as a whole. I think these guys, especially what we've seen over the last week, as you talked about that Niners defense and how they really struggled, that we're looking for improvements here. We're trying to build these blocks of improvement one over the next, over week, over week. And I think today was a very big step for that offensive line in moving forward. Rob Graver actually put a uh, little meme in here, and it's basically a Star Wars meme with Darth Vader lifting up uh, a dude with his hand, and then it's Aaron Donald lifting up Dante Freeman. I'm not sure what Dante Freeman was trying to do when he went and tried to pick a fight with Aaron Donald, the meanest, baddest player in the NFL. But Aaron Donald was having none of that from a you know mouthy little running back. And yes, he kind of choked him, grabbed him by his shoulder pads, but he picked him up and he saw his little feet flailing. And then he tried to throw a punch, which was even more shocking. Let's start a fight with Aaron Donald. Okay, you're getting away with it. Let's throw a punch is your next step. Don't really get that. He was ejected. Aaron Donald was not. They actually showed a nice little clip of Aaron Donald kind of with a golf clap of approval for the ejection. Uh, and then the last thing I saw, Justin Stokes said, Peters with a pick six in Seattle. Thanks, bud. Go Ravens. The Ravens beat Seattle up in Seattle. Marcus Peters, a pick six. I think it was 60 yards or more where he returned it. He jumped the route, went the other way. I think it was Russell Wilson's first interception of the year, but that would be two pick sixes for Marcus Peters this year. Obviously the one that he had here when he was a Ram versus Tampa Bay. And then up in Seattle with an easy pick six. I was kind of disappointed on the celebration. You know, uh, he had a wide open run to the end zone. We remember back to when he had that pick six in Oakland. He kind of did the Marshawn Lynch. I thought maybe another Marshawn Lynch shout out there in Seattle would have been awesome. But uh, kind of, uh, I give him a, a 10 on the interception pick return and a three on the celebration. It was kind of lame. He did like a slide into the end zone. Boring. Let's go. But that is our man still helping us out. Taking down Seattle. Helps it out in the NFC West. Real quick before we get out of here, game balls, play action balls. Game ball number one. 
Dante Fowler, come on, man. You got you can't get three sacks and not get a game ball. You were all over the place. You were creating havoc. Aaron Donald talked about it from the clip we heard. If everyone's going to be guarding him and Jalen Ramsey is going to be holding down it in the secondary, we need someone else. It was Clay Matthews earlier in this year that was cleaning up sacks. This game was Dante Fowler. It was exciting. You could tell from the interview that we played here as well that he really enjoyed it. He's having fun out there. If we can have these Rams get back to just playing football and not worrying about what the media is saying or going on a three-game losing streak, but having fun playing football and playing for the people around them, then I think we're going to have great success. Dante Fowler proved that today. Game ball, my friend. Keep it up. I think we can expect a lot more of that the rest of the season. Game ball number two, the secondary. Yes, Troy Hill, you get a game ball. It's part of a team, though. Eric Weddle played amazing. Taylor Rapp, awesome. Jalen Ramsey, yes. He got beat a couple times on the deep ball to Julio Jones. That's Julio Jones. He's going to go off a little bit when you play him, but we saw a bunch of times that there were high throws to Julio that he was getting a lot of pressure on him, made a very challenging catch. The deep ball also caught up. Eric Weddle helped on that play a little bit as well. Jalen Ramsey with the punch out that we talked about earlier in this segment. Laying the hat, attitude, pregame, mid-game, post-game. This guy is bringing it. That energy level is something the defense needs. But this secondary played amazing. And really, you might as well share it with the rest of the defense because you guys played a heck of a ball game and really need to keep playing that way. Game ball on the offensive side of the ball. Jared Goff, my man, you get a game ball. You've gotten a bunch of play action balls over the last couple of days, but you played really, really well. 22 of 37, 268 yards two touchdowns, a 7.2 average. Now we're getting closer to where we saw Jared Goff last year. He was at the top of the list as far as average per throws. He was at like nine something last year. 7.2 is a little bit more where we need him to be. The big stat here for me, zero interceptions, zero fumbles. He took care of the football. He distributed it. Seven different players caught a pass from him. Gerald Everett led the way with 10 targets, four catches, and that touchdown that relationship's going to continue to build. And you can tell Jared Goff is not afraid to continue to go there even when missing. I thought Jared Goff played a heck of a ball game, ignored all that outside noise that he's, you know, having a horrible season, all the turnovers, all the offensive line talk. And he stood back there and he looked like the Jared Goff that we know and the Jared Goff that we're going to need the rest of the season. So game ball to Jared Goff and then a little... Mini game ball to Sean McVay. Another guy I've been picking on a little bit here. I still question some of the play calling. Uh, there was a third down inside the red zone where we did a little wide receiver screen or it was a tight end screen that went basically nowhere. We ended up kicking the field goal and I was frustrated about that. And then later in the game, we do a tight end screen to Gerald Everett where he ends up scoring. So I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? I can't complain about it when he gets in the end zone. He loves those screens that way. And when the numbers show that it's an advantage for us, they're going to run it. But overall, I thought he did a great job in this game. We talked about committing to the run. 36 rushes compared to 38 throwing attempts. Johnny Hecker had one of those completed. 23 yards and a first down. But overall, I love the going for it on that fourth down with Johnny Hecker. Sean McVay, you're off the schneid. You get a game ball too. Fine, everyone gets a game ball. Play action ball. A little bit tougher this week. They've been pretty easy. It's been flip-flopped. It's been really tough to give a game ball, but really easy to do a play action ball. And now really tough to do a play action ball and the game balls were easy. This one's tough and it's really just me critiquing and we talked about it in this segment, but I would say the play action ball would have to go to the run blocking of the offensive line. And that's when you know you're getting picky. When you've got to pick one part of the game 
of a unit or a person. It's not the whole unit. They didn't do bad today. But the run blocking and the effort up front probably has to increase if we want to see some real traction out of that run game. We talked about it. 36 rushing attempts, but only 90 yards, 2.5 per carry. That was Todd Gurley with a 2.3 and a Daryl Henderson with a 2.8. The longest run of the game was a 10-yard run by Todd Gurley. I think the more and more they get comfortable if Edwards finds a home there at left guard, the more and more they get comfortable, the more and more they have games like this, they're going to continue to build confidence. And if we can start throwing the ball again, then yes, that opens up the run. They go hand in hand. So that would be my only complaint here. A little bit lack of yards with the attempts as far as the rushing. But don't get me wrong. I love us committing to the run, staying to run. There was even a couple times where at first I was like, why are we running the ball there? That's a perfect opportunity to pass it. But I had to step back and go, listen, you can't be picky. If you want the run, you got to commit to it. And that is what Sean McVay did. So so that rush blocking needs to pick up. But, you know, this is me just being picky. Overall, I think I'm so happy with how the way everyone performed. As I said at the beginning of the show, three phases of football. The Rams did it on Sunday, 37 to 10. We're back in the win column. So with that, Rams Nation, we've got a great show for you guys again tomorrow. We're going to try to get Jim Fossil on again. If not, it will be me continuing to break this down as we start to watch a little bit more film, as we start to get some PFF numbers, as we start to see some more snaps, snap counts. All that data is going to come out over the next 24 hours. We're going to break it down here. We're going to hear more from the team as far as press conferences, what they thought about this win and how they can pick it up and move forward. Remember, the Rams stay in Atlanta till Thursday and then off to London before the bye week. So with that, Rams Nation, you know what it is. People Until next time, peace. People see me, but they just don't know. People see me, but they just don't know. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.